Welcome to Enhancing the Human. I'm your host, Dr. Jenna Gatsis, and today we're talking to Coach PJ Nessler. He is a human performance coach, and he's one of the most impactful coaches that I've ever met, and I believe all over the world. So the way he approaches and his philosophy behind what he does, and just understanding the human body through understanding the human mind and just psychology in general. So his reach and just what he can transform someone into is, is astounding, and I can't wait to share the episode with you. Let's get to it. Tell me a little bit about where you're from and how you started in performance in general. I grew up in the Bay Area originally. Okay. Then I moved to uh, New Jersey when I was in middle school. So I've been back and forth from East Coast to West Coast. Any reason you moved to? My dad's from New Jersey. Okay. So my mom and dad wanted to move there. He got transferred there for work. And then my, I have a lot of family in, in the Northeast. Uh, all my cousins and everything from my dad's side are there. So we moved there. I'm not a fan of the Northeast. I'm a California boy, so uh, I didn't love it, but I went to high school there. I ended up going to college uh, in Rhode Island, so okay. I spent 12 years on the East Coast, but I've been wanting to come to California. My mom's from Laguna Beach, okay. so I've been coming down there every summer my whole life. And You knew. Yeah, I get spoiled. Yeah. Some of those are some of the most beautiful beaches in the world. So. And where you were is so cold. Yeah. I was from Chicago. Same thing. You come out here and it's just like, oh my gosh. For sure. It's insane. But uh, how did you get into to human performance and just sports performance in general? I mean, I've been in fitness. I always say I've been in fitness since I was like 13. It was just an obsession. I got into lifting weights, playing sports growing up, and I was skinny, and I was like, I need to get bigger and stronger for this. Mm-hmm. So I just got, in, got into lifting weights, and then I was obsessed with all I ever did for outside of school. Actually, in school, I would carry around uh, the Arnold bodybuilding encyclopedia that's like that big. I used mm-hmm. to carry around in my backpack in middle school and high school and read it you know, during classes. So I really wanted to go to school for that, but I didn't think that there was a career in fitness outside of, I worked out at the YMCA and I didn't really want to just be a personal trainer at the YMCA as a career. So I went to college for business and hated it. I read that. Yeah, I didn't. Because it's true, there was nothing back then. No, I didn't. There was either a personal trainer or like, you know, you're a coach for a professional team, but that's the most unreliable Or physical therapist was like another path and and that wasn't really something that was interesting to me. So. Uh, but I actually transferred schools to the University of Rhode Island, tried to walk onto the football team because some of my buddies were playing football and got introduced to the strength and conditioning coach there and ended up you know, training the whole spring with the football team. And I was like, this is awesome. This guy's career is training college football players. And so I switched my major over to kinesiology. I actually did kinesiology and psychology in school because I awesome. loved psychology. And like we were talking about yes. before. I started with psychology and I switched to kinesiology. Oh, really? Yeah, because once I, because you get, I was one of those old souls that everyone like told their problems to. Yeah. And I was like, I can't do this the rest of my life. And so right <laughs> away I switched because I'm like, I need to help people get better and not, you know, bring people back from being so down. It it's makes kind of down. a bummer that the way that you approach those things is like, oh, well, this isn't going to be a career. Like, I love psychology. It's most of the reading I do today is behavioral psychology. But to your point, it's like, I don't really want to be a, counselor so mm-hmm. I shouldn't study this yep. um, which is unfortunate because there's so much really good stuff to learn and it's been a huge influence in me, my entire career in the fitness industry mm-hmm. uh, but from that point on I was in strength and conditioning I wanted to be a collegiate or professional strength and conditioning coach for football originally because that mm-hmm. was my sport you and played football too I played football my whole life football and lacrosse so that was my passion but I got into sports performance and kind of transitioned out of the collegiate strength and conditioning realm. Uh, but that's how I got into it. And then I feel like you're very well, well-rounded with 
injury prevention. And so did you ever have an injury or did you ever go through anything or did you deal with people in college, at the co like at the college level that were injured that you realized, hey, this is important to focus on? Yeah, I think bo both of those. Okay. I've been fortunate to have a lot of injuries in my career, so yes. <laughs> uh, that teaches you a lot. It I does. think a lot of what I did from the, uh, the time I was 13 until I was 22 and started having a real coach, or maybe a 20 in college, a lot of what I did caused me a lot of damage, spinal fractures, torn shoulders, all kinds of stuff. Uh, so I learned a lot of what not to do. And then I think from working with clients, I've been fortunate again to be in situations where we didn't have a lot of resources. And when you don't have resources, it's great to say you should go see a doctor and a PT and all these things. But if you don't have all those resources, it was like, I, I got to figure out what I can to help this person to mm -hmm. be able to perform. So I got really deep into uh, learning about physical therapy and injury rehabilitation and on that end, my focus was how can I mitigate the risk of these things? Right. I can't rehab it, but if I can understand it, then maybe I can adapt what I do a little bit to try to mitigate some of that in the future. So that was a big approach that I took, but a lot of that comes from curiosity too. I just, right. When you were looking in all of that, did you realize that not a lot of people are looking into that? Yeah. It's crazy, right? Yeah. And it's sad because once you understand how the body works and then you look at our society and you're like, wow, we're doing everything to age ourselves and like form the way we're going to form. And you don't have to, but we use it or lose it is a real thing. I always say that, but yeah. it's like, it's crazy to look at the world like that. But that's a rare thing to analyze because not a lot of people care about that because the medical world is very reactive. And it's sad because we change lives every single day. And, you know, I read in your in your bio, too, where it talked about the reason why you do it is to, you know, people come up to you and say, hey, I got better. Like, you see people's relationships get better. You see everyone connect more because they're more themselves. They're not taking pills because they're in pain, becoming drug addicts because they're taking pain pills. So it's it's it makes me happy to see you curious and things like that for so long because you had a lot working against you, you know, just like psychology and things like that, where we didn't think there was a career in that because we've been conditioned in a way that that doesn't want to highlight what we could do, you know, in the future as far as like preventative things with psychology. People don't know themselves enough to know what's happening. So it's it's really crazy. Human psychology is the biggest thing that has been like the most growth in my career, I feel, because um, without someone understanding your knowledge, your knowledge is nothing. Yeah. So it's you probably get a lot of deer in headlight looks, and you have to modify what you're saying because the person doesn't understand it. So or they're not ready for it. Yes. I think that's the, the most unfortunate part. Like to your point of that curiosity, is I see it's really really hard to see the secondary and tertiary effects of the things we do on a day to day basis. It's <laughs> easy to say I fell off that bar, put my arm down, blew my shoulder, but people always look for those direct lines, and then when they go to the the doctors and they they don't look at the way they've been breathing, the way they've been walking, the way they've been sitting, the way they've been talking, the Eating. things they've been consuming, the TV that they're watching. Like all of those elements are what drive the, the vast majority of our positive and negative outcomes. Mm -hmm. But it's, people don't understand that. It's hard to say, oh, it's actually a drastic shift in the way you approach your entire life. You know, that's, and fortunately in the point I'm in my career now, because I don't spend a ton of time interacting with clients and I get to be a lot more uh, picky with mm -hmm. the people I work with. Mm -hmm. uh, I kind of set that as a standard. Like, look, yes. if you, if you want to have conversations with me and work with me, you have to be willing to 
drastically change a lot of things mm -hmm. because I don't have the time to be able to guide you. There's plenty of people and I, and I'm, I don't think those people should be left behind that mm -hmm. aren't ready for that. Right. It's just not where I am in my career to be able to like start with the smallest possible thing, knowing that we're probably not going to really see a drastic change in your life for the next 10 years. Right. But you're not ready for that. You're so not ready to even hear about how you're drinking or your binge TV is impacting no these things. Um, but that's, that's such a challenge for me because I'm so Seriously passionate though. about it. And but it's that can like, help them get ready. Yeah. You saying no to them because people are always like, but I'm giving you money. I'm like, yeah, but you're not, yeah, but we're not right. on the same level. I'm the same right. way where I'm like, you're going to take more from me soul wise <laughs> than I have to give. And where I say, I'm chasing my tail. Yeah. So I don't, I don't want to just catch up. Like I, I can get you to where you're super, hu superhuman. So going from like injury level to elite level, cause you can, you just take the body, you, you feel, figure out what's going on and you coordinate things to make things more efficient. And usually when the brain is uncoordinated, it's uncoordinated in every single thing you do in your day. So you have a lot working against you. And I'm like, I can't just catch up to the same thing every single week. It yeah. just, it's draining. And it's like you said, it's not worth your time because you could, you know how you can help someone. So it's like, it's, yeah, it's a fine line. Yeah. But, but that, that, uh, to your point about just, they're not ready for it. You saying no to them could strike their ego enough to where they could be like, well, he might know what he's talking about. Let me explore that. And then it can really make a change. Yeah. I, I tell people that like people will ask for a diet plan because they want to lose weight or a workout program. And I'm like, you're coming to the wrong guy. There, there's a million people who can, if all you want is a three day a week workout plan, I can promise you, you won't get to where you want to be because I know what you're asking me for. And you're not asking me for a little guidance on working out. You're asking me for a little guidance on working out because you want to lose a hundred pounds and change this and this. And I always tell them, like, until you're ready to let go of the person that you are today, you're never going to have that success, and I'm not the right person to help you. But when you're ready, I'm happy to help guide that path. But for now, if all you're looking for is a workout program, let me refer you to somebody that, you know, a trainer who's new in their career who doesn't understand all of this stuff, and they're still looking at the lens you're looking at, right. and they'd be perfectly willing to write you a workout plan or give you some basic nutrition and advice. And, in it. and that might be the first step in, the, in that direction. And you know, again, it might take you 10 years to navigate this, but just like the people who come see you, they've seen every specialist, they've seen every person, they've tried everything, every protocol, and they haven't had success. And right. now they're ready to say, are you really, are you ready to do this work? Right. It's, it's I'm not going to handhold it through you. It's mm -hmm. not, I'm not going to fix you when you come here. Mm -mm. I'm going to help you. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have to do a bunch of work along the way. And yes. we're going to change your beliefs and your thought process and all of those things. And that's going to help get you to success. But you have to have tried a lot of things that, that, and failed over yes. the last 10 years to be willing to put in the amount of effort it's going to take to really push to that next level. And to even discover, because some people put in that effort and they're just like hitting these walls. Because I have so many people that have gone to, you know, every other specialist they can to try to do things in a natural way. And the only way they're given is pharmaceutical or surgery. And with, mm -hmm. with no functional anything in mind, you know, I'm like you know, you can't even reach neutral, like anatomical neutral. I'm like, but you're one, your trainer's loading that. And then two, your doctor's saying, let's have surgery. And then you're going to atrophy during that recovery. And I'm like, I just don't understand. Like, why don't we get you stronger and coordinate you? One, your pain's going to go away. <laughs> and two, then you won't need the surgery. So, and if, even I tell everyone, cause they don't like to 
be like, I'm not going to cancel my, they don't like canceling their surgeries. I'm like, don't cancel your surgery. We're not doing that. Mm -hmm. I'm not putting that on me either. I'm like, I'm like, keep your surgery. I go, if it goes away, then you don't need it. I'm like, you decide. And I have so many people just cancel their surgeries, but you have to set it up, set it up in a way where it's not threatening to them because their nervous system will kick into crazy mode and then they, they turn against you, but (laughs) and turn against themselves basically because they start holding their breath and they don't even know it. I tell uh, some of my celebrities, I'm like, you're scared. And they're like, I'm not scared. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like, your nervous system, you're in, like, attack mode. I'm like, fight or flight. Like, we're animals. I'm like, never. Yeah. We're not there yet. Yeah. <laughs> so I remember I, I had a fighter that I was working with who was a, a Muay Thai athlete, and she had a lot of issues. And I started looking at her breathing, and she could not let go of her abdominals. Like, she couldn't physically. I would, like, put my hands there and be like, relax this, relax this. Like she had no ability to do that because she was just hypertense from years of kickboxing, years of keeping it tight so that she looks sexy, like all of those elements. And it took a lot for her, like to your point of like, you're scared, mm-hmm. you're scared. Not in the way you think you're scared, yes. but like your nervous system. Yes. And we're never going to take a step forward until you can get your nervous system to relax. Because they already have so much going against them. Yeah. And then you're adding another stressor. And people are like, I could take more pain. I'm like, you, you're not even breathing now. Why would I add more pressure? <laughs> I'm like, calm down. And there's so much resistance to it, too, because mm-hmm. it's uncomfortable. Like I say, I'm rewiring your brain. You're not going to like me. Because people get angry. And they're like, this is stupid. Why should I do this? And I'm like, you're so lazy and sloppy that I'm like teaching you. And it's requiring that much thought to mm-hmm. do things in a neutral position. Yeah. I'm like, but you golf all day. And you're lifting this and lifting that. I'm like, what do you think is lifting it then? If you can't even coordinate your body weight in a neutral position, in a static position, they're like, I don't know. I'm like, your joints. <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's, you know, being good at what you know so that you can get that message through. And that's, it's hard with ego, especially with pro athletes. It is. Navigate that. That's where the psychology comes in. It's like, that's where I try to take the ownership of, okay, how can I shift this message? The most important thing isn't isn't my ego here. It's like, right. how can I get this person to understand that the thing that we're trying to do is going to help them? And how can I shift my approach to mm-hmm. ultimately this is where we, we need to be? I don't care how we get there. Exactly. So I, I can let go of my ego and say, honestly, it doesn't even have to be my way. Right. You know, when, when you work in that like high performance team and mm-hmm. you have n- nutrition specialists and all these people working together, I'm like, I'm okay to take a back seat as long as we're all moving together. Yes. So if I have to, I did this a lot with fighters because you have every coach, as you know, none of them are working together. No. You've got six different sport coaches and all these different people and they're actually competing (laughs) against each other because they're all ego. (laughs) So for me, I'd always come in and be like, hey, how can I help? And let me take away one of my sessions so that you can have more intensity in your session. And let me, so that you see that the ultimate goal is like this athlete needs to make it to the fight as healthy and optimal in his performance as possible, not he has to do my strength and conditioning program and everything has to be the way I planned it. Uh, but that's a hard thing, but it's a great way to build trust. It is. And athletes see really quickly, like, it's not about me. Exactly. It's about you. And I, t- I speak about this all the time with other coaches. I'm like, there's not a lot of us. Even though it seems like it because everyone's here, <laughs> I'm like, there's not a lot of us. So, because I have trainers in LA, like we were talking earlier about just LA in general, there's a lot of ego. Mm-hmm. And I never step on anyone to get ahead. And so I have some trainers that talk bad about other trainers. And I'm like, guys, we're, we already have a small team. <laughs> like, let's all be on the same team. It doesn't matter. And if that person thinks, if the athlete thinks that, you know, their one coach is helping them more, placebo effect, it is going to help them more. Right. So let them go. And like you said, it builds trust. 
trust, I call it my little safe place. Cause you know, when you release these tensions and things, there's emotion stored in that. Mm-hmm. So I've had people full blown cry, like grown men are like, what the hell are you doing to me? And I'm like, it's just, we're just releasing things cause you're able to breathe. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's unique to see what happens to the human body in a hyper stress environment, but also when they find that safe place and what can happen to someone's life when they release all that stuff. Absolutely. And I'm like, it's funny cause I feel like we're just, having a conversation because I'm like, I'm interested to know this because I wasn't always good at communicating and I would see myself say something and I'm like, that's what you got from what I said. Like I hear the person and like, I see their reaction to me because people assume things about you. You never know how you rub someone. So I'm like, I can't believe that's what you got. So I'm like, I must be saying things wrong. So I actually took Brett's course on communication mm-hmm. and I tried to study. I read so many different books on human psychology and it changed my life because again, you can know everything, but if you can't translate it, it doesn't mean anything. So tell me about a little bit about when you started to discover, I know you studied psychology, but as far as in the sports performance world, you know, especially with pro athletes, they have some guy that knows this or knows this guy that's a specialist and they're doing it better. So how do you get beyond that? Like besides what you said about building that trust, but the ego part of it, when did you know the importance of the psychology and how did you try to design a a philosophy that helped you communicate better? I think I really started to understand the importance of psychology when I started realizing how few people were doing it. It was just an assumption because it was a passion of mine. Behavioral psychology was just, why do people do the things they do? Why, what makes them make these decisions? And, and how do you change motivations? That was always really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And it obviously tied well with what I did for a, a living. And then I started getting to, and, and in the art of communication as well. Like that was something that I always thought, I was like, I'm, I'm saying this and you're clearly not getting that. <laughs> yes. And I could just beat my head against the wall and mm-hmm. like say, this is how I work. And athletes either work, learn to adapt to me. But I, I think I learned quickly from, from mentors that like your job as a coach is to adapt to different athletes and different people and help them be successful. That's what a coach is. Mm-hmm. It's not the athlete's job to adapt to your coaching style. And because of that, I started exploring a lot of how I changed the way I communicate. And I was also put in a leadership position really early in my career. And that forced me into... I don't know a lot about this and I had some people that were leaders in my career that weren't great that I think really mistreated me as an employee and just weren't the leader I was looking for and I was just this hungry curious young person who was like teach me teach me anything you like I'll hang out here all day long if you just show me the things that you do I really want to learn Um, and unfortunately I didn't really find that so when I got put into a management position I was like, I'm gonna be that person that I never had. So I started studying leadership and communication and management, and then I started seeing that this is all we do. It's, this is how we interact with our athletes, this is how we interact with our employees, with all the people, building trust, being able to communicate, being able to adapt and, and help them to see the path forward and understanding that it's not about me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was fortunate to do that, and as I started kind of developing that for myself, when I was in management, I had to start teaching it to other coaches. And once I started communicating the things that just were in my head, I realized that people are like, what? Like, what are you talking about? I was like, wait, what do you mean? You guys don't study this stuff. You don't read about motor learning and language and the way that the words that we use and how that, that impacts what people hear and Even what how you they learn do. a skill, the levels of learning a skill, how our nervous system processes exactly. skills it was, and master it was, skills. It was mind blowing to me that I was interacting with people that were coming to 
our facility that had just graduated with a master's in kinesiology and on paper, they were more educated and experienced than I was. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if I'm gonna teach these people anything, but they're working here, they're doing our internship. So I'll start sharing what I think I know. And all of a sudden I was realizing that so many of these people just had never even heard of that approach. So that's when I started doubling down on, I need to understand this better and more coaches need to understand it. Cause I'm, I'm seeing now what's making me more effective than these other people, which is why I got put in this leadership position in the first place. Cause my boss literally said, you're the performance director. We got two new coaches. We had no system to teach them. He was just like, teach them how you train athletes. I was like, uh, I don't know. I don't, I've never really thought about that. So I was like, this right. is what I do in a speed thing. And here's kind of the decisions tree I go through. If he, if he can't do this, then we go to this. And if he can do this, we move to this. And that was, that was 2011. It's hard though, isn't it? It was very you difficult. You start to like question, it's just like breathing. When you start thinking about your breath, you're like, I can't breathe anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you don't, I'm like, what do I even do? I, you, it's so natural to you, I guarantee, that you just do it. And then when someone's like, well, what do you do? You're like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, yeah. I don't, the stuff that I do, I don't know. And now putting it on paper, I'm doing the same thing where it's hard. It's a whole And that's skill. what I started doing. I just started writing it down. Yeah. And that like, that's actually what moved me into what I do now because I started, okay, I need to, I need to be able to communicate this to these new trainers. I've been doing this now for six years. These guys haven't done it at all. They're just coming out of college. How do I help them understand what I've learned in the six years? So I started trying to build that into an internship system and all these systems. And that's how my whole career shifted into what I do now. I started getting into teaching seminars and building education curriculums and building that's why I left and started building my own company that was geared towards education and then ended up with XPT. And that was exactly same thing. It was, we do all this amazing stuff. How do we teach it to people? Right. And I was like, well, that's exactly what I did for myself seven years ago and, and through that the last seven years. So I can probably do that again for you guys. The more I start to dig in and I build that framework. Um, it's invaluable. Yeah. And it's, and that the nice part is that's how you can, scale things and have a bigger impact, exactly. right? You can expedite yes. everybody else. We can get a trainer, hopefully, who's got five years of experience and get them thinking and training at the level of someone with 10 or 15 years of experience right. by being more intentional. Right. Uh, but that's where I think that psychology and the art of communication and all of those things Smart. started to really take hold for me. It's and then I just doubled down, which is, is great now because I realize that that all is really important in a relationship, mm -hmm. <laughs> in my marriage. Every relationship you have, Yeah, literally. And I like, I've messed up in the, and I, I teach a lot of my employees too different things where I'm like, I've messed up. And you know, you see yourself ruin relationships because you don't know, like before when I didn't know how to communicate, you know, I would be defensive because I didn't know what was happening or why the person was attacking me the way they were. But then once you realize you can say one little thing to deescalate the situation and not, offend the person's ego to where they won't attack you and everything stays in a loving manner, then it's a lot easier to just create relationships and just have peace in general. It's hard, you know, because when you are doing the things you do, you probably get a lot of backlash as well. I guarantee it from trainers that want to do what you're doing and don't know how to control their ego so they become envious of you. Yeah, absolutely. Have you had a lot of that? Yeah, and I, th I think to your point of being able to check your own ego, it, it goes back to that same thing of the athlete. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to think of what's the outcome we're trying to get to. And I don't care which way we get there as long as we get there. Mm -hmm. And I know that I'm confident that if I take a step back, 
I think people are afraid because they're like, well, if I take a step back and the athlete gets that success and he gives it all to this coach, I'm, you know, I'm the one who put all this work in. And that probably happens to some people at some point and they get burned and then they, they get tainted that way. Right. But I think that when you keep doing that, your people are also going to be more apt to speak about you. Like, yeah, he's, he's a guy who doesn't care about himself. He cares about the athletes and they're more likely to pump you up and it's helped me in my career. And I think about the same thing in my relationships. It's That's true. Like, I could get an argument and we could be doing this. And I think, what's the outcome we're trying to get at? Mm -hmm. And ultimately we're just trying to solve a problem. And like, it's something I think about a lot in relationships, which I do really well in the professional setting and then cha challenging in the personal setting. It's mm -hmm. like, do I want to be right or be happy? Right. And in my professional setting, I'm like, I want to be happy and impactful. Yes. So I'm okay not being right. More often than not, I'll say that I'm wrong. Not as easy on the uh, Isn't it crazy? personal relationship side. And you're side. like, here I am. I've learned so much. And then I'm now I'm like, <laughs> I'm second guessing myself again and like yep. having to keep myself in check. Yeah. But we're human beings and like ever evolving. And I feel you have to do that. And it's, I tell everyone you've never seen today with the lens that you've seen it with, you know, like, or you've seen a day with the mm -hmm. lens, you know, you have all this experience and you've never looked at the world the way you do now because you have this experience. And I feel every day should be the same way. You try to grow and grow and grow and just do the best with what you have at that time. Yeah. But the motivation too, and just when, when you were talking about the other coaches and like, oh, this guy will, you know, move forward with success. You think about that, all they're thinking about is themselves. And that's where people get lost. Because if you're good at what you do, you don't have to be like that. You mm -hmm. don't have to lose your motivation because that's not in your character in this profession anyways. You care about people. So it's, it's a fine world of being a leader, controlling your ego, getting rid of attacks that aren't you know, necessary because it's all something that sets you back versus productivity and helping people move forward. So, but it's yeah. a lot. I mean, it's funny to think about the fact that we haven't talked barely at all about our, the actual expertise. I know. Right? Like all of these things we're Doesn't talking matter. about that are super important to help you be successful in mm -hmm. your athletes and your, your relationships and all those things mm -hmm. are not necessarily expertise. That's, that's the foundation. 100%. That's what helps you to have the confidence to let go of your ego, not be insecure, mm -hmm. and therefore do all these other things, right? And I yep. think, you know, people who don't have that security or confidence then you know, that I remember the analogy, I think from Tony Robbins, like there's two ways to become uh, an expert or to be successful. Like you can build the tallest building and everybody will look and say, that's amazing. Or you can have a really small building and tear all the other ones down. And that's what people do is like, they're building so small that they don't, they don't build it up. They don't build their confidence and their expertise. They just spend all their time tearing everybody else down around them because of their insecurity. And that's a sad place to be. Yeah, it's, it's not helpful. It doesn't no. help you be successful. And eventually now it's just like, everyone's got a really low building and they're yes. all getting torn down and yours yes. getting torn down. And there's versus, garbage everywhere and you know, yeah. everyone's breathing in all the dust. Like it's not, it's not a happy place. And there's more than enough for everyone, especially with what we do, you know, whether it's keeping people functional or preventing injury or helping injury, there's more than enough. People are freaking breaking down every single day, yeah. all day long. Yeah. <laughs> like, people are trying to destroy themselves on an hourly it's basis. It's crazy. <laughs> and our society is like, here, this will help. <laughs> and we're like, oh, okay. <laughs> so it's, it's crazy to see we fight each other. And it's, it's sad because I, like I said, we're, we're a very small group. So fighting each other is just not worth it, you know? Yeah. And 
I've seen people go through this and they're so unhappy. I've never seen so much unhappiness in someone than the people that, that do that to others. Yeah. And they seem happy, like they're doing, you know, they're fun and happy and they're making jokes, but then in real life, they're so angry inside. And that's because they haven't explored themselves enough to know how to act, basically, which is a sad place. Someone that doesn't understand themselves, I don't try to bash my idea into their head because I look at them like they're children. You haven't explored how you're acting enough, so you're basically tantruming right now, and you don't even understand why you're doing what you do. And I've had people hurt me before where they're reactive to what's going on and they get insecure and so they're defensive. And so, and I see what they're doing and I'm like, all right, but they're insecure. So I, and you just have to let it go because they don't understand themselves enough to even know what they're doing or why their emotions are the way they are, which is sad. I think that's why one of the things I'm so passionate about with XPT and the modalities that we have available is that they really, it's one of the only ways that I've really been able to see people break themselves down to the point that you can develop that self-awareness. Mm -hmm. And it's awesome. From professional athletes to regular people, you put them in these environments where you can create real fear and anxiety and and you don't have to, they're very safe, Yes. but they don't feel that way. And some people crumble, but I think we've got a really good team that's built a system around helping you, like help you break down, develop the self-awareness, no matter where you're at, we can find a way to make you fail or to make you stress or to make you overwhelmed. And then we can see what's happening there. Mm -hmm. And when you break down, we can say, hey, this is the opportunity here. Like you came here thinking you were gonna show us how badass you are in the pool we can always crank it up. Like Laird says at the experience, like we'll find the wall for you, mm -hmm. right? Well, we can, there's always more weight and there's always more time underwater. Mm -hmm. And at some point you'll hit your limit. And when you hit that limit, there's a, those real psychological effects that are awesome to see because yes. it's where people, it's where change can happen. Yes. And that's really, really difficult when people are battling with their own ego and you're, you're trying to navigate it through a conversation mm -hmm. versus let's just go there. Right. right. Instead of talking about how you deal with failure, yes. let's see. And they know it's a safe place because they know that you guys want to help them. And I feel like that's, that allows them to crumble and then feel vulnerable because some people don't like the vulnerability. But again, we're, that's where the change is made. So right. it's so important to go through those vulnerable spots. Whenever I've been too comfortable, I can't stand it. I'm like, I haven't done anything that's like something I don't want to do. Mm -hmm. Like today, I thought we were coming, we were going to do the cold dump. I'm like, I hate this. I'm like, I don't want to do the cold dump. <laughs> and then you said it, like when we walked out there, I'm like, oh, thank God he's not going to like put us through anything. <laughs> we brought swimsuits just in, just in case. But, but then I'm like, look at me. I need that. I need the damn cold tub and I have one and I'm like, we need to do the cold tub. And we always say like when we're in stressful situations, we'll be like cold tub because you feel yourself holding your breath when you're in a stressful situation and that prevents you from so many things. But the breath to me is the foundation of the breaking down of a person because I feel like the ego is so strong that when you hold your breath, it can, it's so resilient and you can tolerate so much. But then when you start to breathe, all of that stored up emotion, I feel, just breaks down and you're able to see beyond that. And that's what I've noticed with, with what do you feel? You think it's the workouts and the weights and things that breaks them the most or 
the psychological stuff that you guys have. Explain XPT, first of all, just for people to understand, because there's so many different avenues yeah. that oh. break you at once. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. It's run a, a mile with water in it's your a mouth. It's a very shortened timeline where we, we break people a lot. But <laughs> yes. I, it's not, I mean, that's a cool thing, Publicly. I think, too. Well, XPT is Laird Hamilton and Gabby Reese's company that you've been to our experience, which is our three-day kind of just jump into the XPT lifestyle. And we talk about that as an extreme performance lifestyle which is people who are really seeking to live at the highest levels of their potential in all areas of their life, not just be these high-performing businessmen businessmen and women, high-performing athletes in the, in the physical domain, but across all of these areas, people who really want to excel in all of those. And, and that's what we recognize in sports performance too. You mentioned this earlier on their love and their relationships. like there were so many times that I had athletes that were hitting a glass ceiling and we just kept filling the physical cup. Mm -hmm. And it was like, that's not, it doesn't seem to be what's stopping your performance. And it turns out your relationship with your, your wife and your family was actually, that was the performance anchor that's been dragging you down. Mm -hmm. I didn't have the tools to look at that back then. So I was just looking through my narrow lens of physical performance with a little bit of like nutrition and recovery. Mm -hmm. But mine was like 80% physical and then 20% nutrition recovery, because that was an area I was still exploring. Um, but I think the cool thing about XPT in what we do is, one, we teach people across those all of those, and we teach them to develop the self-awareness so they can find which one of these areas they're neglecting the most, and therefore is potentially the anchor that's holding them back in the area that they care about the most, because mm -hmm. that's the bucket, bucket that they're always filling. Mm -hmm. um, and then through the modalities of XPT, we can put people in situations that are extremely physically stressful, but really even psychologically stressful. And I think the difference in some of the stuff we do versus just like a really hard workout is, especially for athletes, it takes a lot of impact to get somebody to the point where they feel failure. Like, I can't do this. I don't think I can do this. I don't think I can complete it. They start to have those really, really uh, strong negative self-talk and those doubts and, and that narrative that's that's limiting them, especially when it comes to fighters and elite athletes. It's impossible for, for an MMA fighter to put them in that situation. They just, the only way to do that would be to break them down so bad physically, it wouldn't be worth the cost. It would take them three weeks to recover from this like week-long Navy SEAL boot camp that you did with them to get them to that mental limit, or I could take them to the pool. I could put them there in, in two minutes. Even the breath work with a lot of or, that. Or the breath crazy. work. And you can put them in those spaces, but you also give them the tools. Like yes. That's where the breath work, I think, is so powerful. Because, like, I'm not just going to throw you in and force you to fail, and then we'll go through talk therapy about it. Right. I'm going to teach you a tool, and I'm going to put you in a situation, and I'm going to watch you fail, and then I'm going to give you the tool to help you, over, to help you in that situation and let you practice it and watch you be successful. And then watch you fail at this next task and show you how to adapt that tool and then you're going to give me feedback on like, that didn't work for me. Okay, cool. Let's shift that a little bit because there's no perfect answer, mm -mm. but I have this baseline that I'm going to teach you and then we can manipulate these tools and, and just build a toolbox for you that you can go apply to your next professional competition or to your relationship or driving in traffic or whatever these situations are, you'll have it's the tools. The 
Yeah, the, the yeah. tools are all the same to navigate our psychological arousal, yes. our nervous system. And just external stimuli. Yeah. It could be internal stimuli, external stimuli. To me, I look at humans as animals, and it's it doesn't matter where you are. It's the environment. You know, you're either progress or regress, depending on your experience. And it's like constant things thrown at you. It's what I feel about life always constant punches thrown at the face <laughs> and so but you learn to navigate those things in a way that's loving for yourself and for others you know and the catering to people's motivations just to get them where they need to be because some people don't ever learn which is a crazy place yeah but have you ever had any of those absolutely yeah yeah it's it's, it's unfortunate when you're in that space but mm -hmm. you you have to accept at some point that they're not you you made a point of uh, people are doing the best with what they have. Yes. And you just have to understand that what they have is so, so little right now mm -hmm. that, and maybe I've given you the best I can and I'm just not the right person. You right. Know? You might go to two other people and at some point, somebody's gonna tell you the same thing I was telling you five years ago, mm -hmm. but it'll click for you, the way they shared it, the things that they said, or just the space that you were in that day. Right. And that's what clicked and maybe that's just not me. Right. But, um, that's up to me to keep adapting and navigating and trying to get that. And, and some people will never learn just because right. they're looking for the easy way out. Basically. They're looking for the magic pill or yes. they're looking for you to just reinforce the belief they already have. Exactly. Like, no, the, I mean, the people who ask, like, is it bad to yeah. drink beer and, you know, smoke weed all day and watch TV and play video games? Like, none of that's bad. Is it getting you? Is it putting you on the path to be the person you want to be? That's the question to ask. Like exactly. you could rationalize your way in any of those things. You had a really hard day. So you need to drink three beers and watch two hours of TV and smoke weed to go to sleep. Like you could rationalize that whole story. It's just, are those constantly, you know, when you add those up over time, are they helping you become the person you want to be or are they hindering that? So and that's true. kind of the way to, to weigh those things. I love looking at it like that because I look at things like if I had a stopwatch and you know you sat on the couch for five hours, that's a five hour workout just sitting in hip flexion with you know your hip flexors shortened. And I'm <laughs> right. just like, you're working against me. Like I can only do so much. So yeah. just like creating that understanding for people is, is life changing. And I feel like even with the guy that learned from another trainer five years later, you still laid that first brick. And I feel like that always sits in someone's subconscious because they start to hear things that you said from before and they're like, oh, okay, that guy didn't know a thing or two. Yeah. And that little bit can change the rest of someone's life. Yep. And so again, it's not about you and like getting your message through at the time because he wasn't ready or you know, her. I was just gonna say that, that <laughs> it's the same as like marketing. They say mm -hmm. people need to hear the message seven times before they make a purchasing decision. It's yes. maybe I'm the first time you've heard it mm -hmm. and you weren't ready for it, but that'll resonate with you at some point or uh, somebody else will say it in a slightly different way. So it's just continue to navigate that space. But you see it's all around good and trying to put good into the world. And I feel like people have so much potential that they don't use. And even reading the research about it, I talk about all the stats with studying submax performance and max performance. Pro athletes only use 35 to 45% at a submax level, or no, at a max level. And then uh, I think it was like 25 to 35 at a max level submax and then max and it's like that's a professional athlete so how much does you know general population use and it's crazy like we only use a, a small percentage of our potential psychologically physically it's it's pretty insane but i feel like through people like us that care about other people and care about mastering their own environment and understanding we can gather others to understand it and i feel like that's what makes the world go around Literally, yeah. so that's why I wanted to interview you. It's because 
I just feel you're very similar minded as far as like, we don't know everything. And you read the research, we're like, needs more research. Every end of the article is like, needs more research. Well, who's doing this research? Like, yeah. I feel like we have no definitive answers, except for, you know, Oxycontin and all the pills that are prescribed every day. Side effect, death. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. you could die from this, or it gives you depression and it's a depression pill. I'm like, <laughs> and people are like, no, my doctor said I have to take it. And yeah. I'm just like, it's crazy. So we don't know anything as humans. I feel like we know very little. And it's our job to bring what's important to people so that they can better their lives. But I'm interested to know how you picked the different tools in XPT. How did you find the ones that worked in the quickest way possible? Or why did you, were, they were the most efficient for you and why? A lot of that came through self-exploration mm -hmm. and just putting people in the spaces. I think when I first got to XPT, it was a, there was a lot of stuff about pool training, ice baths and, and breath work, but there was like, these were the things that we do. And I started putting people in the pool and doing this stuff. And, and we talk about the ancillary psychological benefits and that stuff, but there was no systematic way of thinking about it. And as I started doing it over and over and over again, I was like, people are getting so much more out of this pool training than like, the physiological benefit of doing a bunch of jumps in a pool. Mm -hmm. So I started trying to understand that and like, what are people struggling with and how am I coaching them to get through it? And then how is that being applied? And a lot of it came from my own personal life. When I first went to XPT, similar to what you said about the ice bath, I had never done an ice bath the, level, the way that we do them. Right. I'd done a couple like putting your legs in when I was in college. No ice, Yeah, just like cold water. Yeah, exactly. It was like 60 degree water and then we like thought it was horrible. up the ice the whole time. I'm like, it's enough. Yeah. <laughs> but I went up there with Laird and Gabby and I wasn't a water person at all and they just threw me into all this stuff. And I left, I remember thinking I was gonna die in the sauna <laughs> talking to Laird, sitting in there and he's, like 230 degree sauna and he's telling me all about XPT and I'm sitting there going, just don't black out, just don't black out. And I'm getting claustrophobic. And I was like, in my head, I'm just thinking, he does this all the time. Like there's a, he doesn't know what my limits are. I'm, right. I'm legit You're making it worse, here. your heart rate's going up. Exactly. Like, <laughs> he starts sweating more. Everyone else just talking. I'm like, we're never gonna get out. And then we finally get out and he's like, go in the ice bath. And I get in there and I start getting that head rush when you can't see straight. Then I go in the pool and Gabby takes me through all stuff in the pool. I remember driving home and being like, these people are crazy. I don't want to work for this company. Like, I, I know nothing about this. This is not who I am and who, what I've spent my career doing. And then I went back and I was like, this is an opportunity for growth. Like the reason I think that I am so resilient is because I push myself out of my comfort zone in hard workouts or in jujitsu, but all those areas are my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. like, I know exactly how hard I can push on that assault bike mm -hmm. and what people are capable of. So I may do it to the point that it's really hard, but I'm not afraid. Right. And in, at XPT, I was afraid. I was afraid. I, was fa I failed the whole time. I was scared. I was anxious. I was uncertain. And that brought a whole bunch of stuff for me to look into. And then as I started exploring that and figuring out how to shift the things and how did I communicate with this person? And then she was able to adapt that. Uh, that's how we started finding those tools. And I always talk about the tools as the things that underlying the modalities. Like, when people come, I'm like, if you come to the XPT experience and all you learn is how to do some ice baths and like some pools, a couple exercises in the pool, right. that's cool. Maybe that's what you came for, right. but you've missed out on a lot of impactful things mm -hmm. uh, in the, the breath and the mind control that the, the things that I used in the ice bath to get through the ice bath when mm -hmm. I first started doing it, then I started taking those and applying to other areas of my life. Everything. Like when I'm anxious on an airplane or when I was going skydiving, I don't like 
tight spaces or heights or planes. And I went skydiving and I was like strapped into this tiny little plane <laughs> and getting up to jump out of it. Yep. The whole time was just me doing all the things I do at XPT to navigate my mindset and my breathing and my nervous system and control myself. And then I realized like all of a sudden I was able to do all these things that I was holding myself back from doing because of fear or all the other stuff. And th that's so much more powerful than ice baths. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why we started developing those tools. And actually the biggest thing that led me to shape it into a really systematic tool structure was I went to do a workshop in Toronto with a bunch of NHL goalies. And the guy who had reached out was a coach that works with all these goalies. And I was like, what are you really looking to get from this workshop? And he went, it was all performance psychology. It was like how to deal with failure and how to recoup right away and come back and you know still that. have a, because a goalie lets a big goal in, they got to come right back. And all the things he was asking, I was like, he didn't ask anything about like what temperature the sauna should be and for, for recovery. So I was like, all right, I need to really put this into a more systematic format and use the pool, the sauna, the ice, the breath as a way to teach performance mindset. But this is a performance mindset workshop. And I went up there for two days and I shared all this stuff with them and it was really impactful for them. And then to get the feedback from them on what made sense and what didn't, then that just allowed me to keep diving in and keep changing the way we communicate for different people, use the stuff that was beneficial for them and be able to communicate that with a business person and say, get them to understand that it's the same thing. You know, one thing I always share is the negative emotions that we experience are all relative. Pain is relative to the person. Mm -hmm. Anxiety, stress, those are all relative. Yep. The stress that uh, NHL goalie feels when he's getting ready to go out on the ice for the Stanley Cup is the same stress as like a 19 year old at working at a retail shop. Like stress is stress. And the way that they experience that, just like the pain that someone feels when they shatter their back is similar to the pain someone else feels when they stub their toe. Mm -hmm. All of those things are relative to the person experiencing them. And because of that, the tools that we use are also the same. They're mm -hmm. just slightly adapted based on the context. Yes. And that's what I think is really cool. And that's where the, the pro athlete stuff, the military that I get to work with is fun for me. That's because mm -hmm. those are complex problems to solve. But then the coolest part for me is I go, if it works for these Navy SEALs that I'm interacting with and they share that this is what worked really well for them, that's the exact same tool that I can teach these people over here. And this, you know, my mom. Mm -hmm. and. I can share it with her and maybe she's more interested because if it works in these high stakes situations, then they are like, okay, it's, it's gotta work for me. And they can start, start to apply it. So that was kind of that tools based approach that we took at XPT, which has made it really fun to share with people. Cause I'm, I tell our, our staff what we have an experience in Kauai next week. Nice. And we do a staff meeting the week before with all the team. And I, every single time I remind everybody, this is an opportunity. We have to remember, like we are very fortunate the coaches that are coming to this to interact with the people we're going to interact with every single second of that experience is an opportunity to say the one thing that might change that person's life because there's there's no shortage of people who reach out and are like i came to that xpt experience and i was at a at a pivotal point in my life a lot of them are retiring or changing careers and they're like i just needed something different and they come here and they're like my life was headed this trajectory came to XPT and I went this way. And now I'm about health and I'm passionate about these things. I'm doing all this stuff. I'm like, you never know it. We it's think it's from Laird teaching this breath work, but sometimes it's from that conversation in the car with Mark. 
like it was that one thing you said or that high five you gave like that can really shift and change the trajectory of people's 100%. lives so I, we're fortunate like we're so fortunate to have the opportunity to do that and to to get paid to do that right um it's one of the, the things that i'm super passionate about and that's why i put so much attention into it because you never know you never know what little detail and what little nuance that you can share and that's why i think that curiosity and that um that passion are so important mm -hmm. uh, because the impact, maybe that one book that you read on that Saturday afternoon when you didn't go out to the bars with your friends shifted the way you said something and that changed somebody's life drastically when you interact with them. Um, but that's what kind of keeps that passion fueled all the time. And it keeps energy around you, not even around you, just I call it the domino effect. If you're nice to one person, especially you guys have access to coaches that have access to tons of people. So if you can change that one coach's perspective or that one coach's motivation, and it's through helping them learn who they are. So I feel like they understand themselves because you've broken them down to now know who they are and be confident in what they know and what they want to learn and get out of life. Because some people get stuck in that system of nine to five and like it, we're conditioned for that, but that's not what we're made to do as human beings. That's not what our life is supposed to be and I feel like it's scary to break out of the system but I feel in, in experiences like the one that you guys have you really give people the opportunity to learn who they are and what they can what they can endure in order to move forward so it, to me it's invaluable and I love that and I love I love the whole experience the run with the water we had a run with a mile with the water in our mouth just like the tapes so I work mm -hmm. with the elevate company mm -hmm. too and they're like, Luke is our model. <laughs> I'm like, that's so hilarious. I mean, there's kids everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's yeah. so funny. But um, that was one of the, the biggest growth factors for me. And then also just the community, you know, You're seeing other people not mind you being vulnerable in front of them. You know, like usually within what we do, you have to always watch your back and, you know, make sure that you're not letting your guard down because we're always just in a vulnerable place as it is. But I feel like in XPT, you really see that there's more people out there that want to see good happen in your life, you know? So I, I think that's beautiful. And I think it's amazing to see that you don't focus on the tool because it's just this, you know, human psychology trying to focus on the one tool they need. Oh, we got to do that. got to do that. No, you don't. No, you don't. Just try to get there by understanding yourself. It's not the one tool because everyone's different. Yeah. There's some guys I have work out with a pink weight because I can't, and they're like, why is this pink? I'm like, because your attitude. <laughs> like, <laughs> we have to break this down somewhere because I can't take it anymore. Yeah. And so it's fun to even use words to break people down. But it's to me, it's an elite way to live your life. And it's elite to even understand or look at things like that. And I feel like the world needs more of that. So I appreciate what you do and everything you do. You know, I, I talk you. about this a lot with my employees. Oh, nice. And it's like, sometimes you feel alone because you understand this stuff about human psychology and you can see what people are doing to you, but they don't see it. And you're just like, well, this, and you're just like, you empathize with them and you're just like, but I'm getting shat on. So like, what is, what's happening here? So I love that there's more people out there doing stuff where the motivation behind their, their actions are, you know, basically love and care for other human beings. So in that energy, I feel you can do anything. So I can be very creative and outgoing, but when I'm around people that I feel are very just like catty or they're negative mm -hmm. or little jabbers, I'm like, did you just insult me? I feel myself shut down. So I'm like, I would never want to do that to someone else. And I feel the environment that you guys created, it just allows you to be who you are and you just feel so accepted and you feel everyone's vulnerable and everyone doesn't know what the hell is going on. So like, yeah. let's do this together. So I appreciate you guys for that. And just for the experience in general, it was one of the most fun weekends.
weekends of my life. Literally. Yeah, it was fun to have you. So much fun. And I agree. I think that community, I mean, Laird and Gabby have done such a phenomenal job of fostering like the right approach of we're going to push you really hard, but we're also going to be there to support you. Like mm -hmm. it's not about us grinding you down to show how tough we are. It's yes. about us finding the ways to break you down where we can then build you up. And everybody here is going to fail. So you're not here to show us how you perform. Right. Like, we and don't I care. feel that's rare too. A lot of people want you to feel like you have a workout. And I'm like, they're grinding down your joints. Like you're going to come see me in a couple of years. So I want people to get the most out of something and not just have another ego stroke where they feel like they worked out. And I was like, you just, you know, Indian burned your disc and your yeah. neck for 20 yeah. minutes. And so it's just, it's rare to have that understanding enough to be able to teach that. So it's refreshing. It really is. And I appreciate just the conversation in general. I'm like, I don't even feel like we're doing a podcast. I just, I'm interested in what you have to say. <laughs> I was just thinking. That. It's so much fun, but it's, it just makes me happy because I know there's more out there and I feel like you can never go wrong around energy like that because you bring the best out of people. And so thank you for that. And just everything you've contributed to our industry as a whole, because it's been a lot, thank just you. you in general, not even just XPT. So I feel like you just brought your knowledge within a system, which is also good and stress relieving for you. But just you in general, you had to go through all that to understand because a lot of it is self-perspective. You know, if you weren't looking at that, you wouldn't know to grow within it. So I admire what you do and I appreciate who you are. Thank you very much. I think I'm, I'm fortunate to have curiosity. I think mm -hmm. that, that is uh, something that keeps you really passionate and hungry. And then that's what I love being around Laird and Gabby. I mean, Laird's one of the most curious people I've ever met. And mm -hmm. I think that's what keeps him doing the things he's doing constantly and and that's where you can help most people right because your self-exploration and then share and then that exploration is, is just super uh, and you know what people are capable of you yeah. saw okay i thought i couldn't do this and i did it and then i thought i couldn't do this and i did it and you're like let me show you you can do so much so it's just to me it's one of the most beautiful things that can happen in life so i appreciate all of it yeah. i appreciate you for coming on I'm like, how My do we? My pleasure. Yeah, right. <laughs> Anything as far as where people can find you, look up more information. I know at the XPT website, but your personal um, Instagram website, anything that you want to share? Uh, yeah, I mean, my personal Instagram, I, I put, I don't put as much stuff on there anymore, but you can find me and what I'm up to on uh, my personal Instagram, Coach PJ Nessler. Funny too, we were speaking at Exos together. I forgot to mention that. I yeah. Just, you once you you start you know becoming confident within yourself you start to notice that there's a lot of the same people and faces and things so we were both speaking for the same on the same day for the same company yeah. so it was, yeah it's small world right it really is i mean that's why i think I'm, I'm i'm very fortunate to get to interact with people like you and you know i, I try to keep my circles very small mm -hmm. um because i think there aren't that many people out there that have the same curiosities and passions and, and commitment to helping other people and, and are more about helping themselves. Mm -hmm. So when I get to interact with people that understand the human as a whole and are doing a lot of their own self-work and then a lot of work with the people to try to do that, I think it's just, it's so mutually beneficial. Mm -hmm. right? like I can, and then I'm like, let me see your notes. Let yeah, me see my I mean, notes. And like, it's like kid in a candy store. Like you said, we, we could have been sitting in this gym. Just, I mean, these are the conversations I have right? in general. If I, I have know. friends come over, we work out and we sit here on this floor <laughs> and we have this exact same conversation I, for an hour. So. Same thing with my employees. It's the best. Cause that's how you grow. That's how you learn to be better. And just, I just think it's amazing. So I appreciate everything you do. Well, thank you very much. 
So thank you guys for joining us. I hope you got a lot out of this episode. I know I really did. And you guys should try XPT. It's unbelievable. And it's such an experience and it's such a unique experience. You learn so much about yourself and you develop a community that you'll honestly have for a lifetime. So if you like this episode, you can find more on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. And we'll see you next time.